Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Paul and he's writing to the church in Corinth and he says now about the gifts of the spirit brothers and sisters I do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, it is given through through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one of the one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So we see here the Apostle Paul, he's talking to the church in Corinth, teaching them about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, teaching them that there is one Spirit, one Holy Spirit, and He is the one who distributes the gifts as He wills. And we see here in this passage, there are nine gifts in total, and they can be broken down into three categories. There are the three gifts of revelation, three gifts of power, and three gifts of inspiration. And all these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit for the common good of the church. It's for the good of the church. It's for the building up of the saints to encourage each other, to build one another up in the things of God. It's to strengthen the church of Jesus Christ. And this morning, we're going to continue looking at the the gifts of revelation. A few weeks ago, we looked at the word of wisdom. And if you you haven't been here, you can listen to that again on the podcast. But this morning, we come to the second gift of revelation, which is the word of knowledge. And you know, all these gifts, these gifts of revelation, they come out of a revelation that God gives us. It's not something that we have. It's not our own revelation. It's a revelation that comes by the Spirit of God. So we're going to look at the word of knowledge this morning. And we're going to look at some of the common mistakes regarding the word of knowledge or some things that people get confused about, about what the word of knowledge is. Now, some people think that the word of knowledge is its natural ability. It's our, own, it's our own human knowledge. It's our knowledge that we've gained or that we've, that we've received from, from other people or from life experiences or from reading or studying. However, that is not the gift of knowledge. If that was the gift of knowledge, then it wouldn't be a gift, would it? It's something that we attain for ourselves. It's natural. That would be natural accomplishment. Some people think that the word of knowledge is from knowledge of the Bible. People who are knowledgeable in the word of God, knowledgeable in the scriptures, they think that, that they attain the word of knowledge, that they can put the word of God into use at any moment, at any time, in any situation. But that too, that's not the word of knowledge. Just because you know a lot about the Bible doesn't mean that that's the word of knowledge. 
You know, and I just want to say this morning that you can know all that is written in the Word of God, but actually that could be useless because we're not called just to be hearers of the Word. We're called to be doers of the Word, to put it into practice, to put into practice the Word of God. Some people think that the Word of knowledge is, is knowing God and, and serving Him for a long time. You know, I'm sure many, many of you here this morning, you've been serving the Lord and knowing the Lord a lot longer than I, than I, than I have. But we need to be reminded this morning that that too, that isn't the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge isn't somebody who's been ser- it doesn't come from somebody who's just been serving the Lord for a really long time. I know one of the ways that we can know that uh, is that even children can be used in the word of knowledge. Even those who are new in their faith can be used in the word of knowledge. And I long for that. I don't know about you, I long to see children ministering in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's possible, it's able, God is able to do that for the building up of the church. You know, young people are able to be used in that. But this brings us back to, to the starting point. And that is that the word of knowledge, it's not something that we acquire. It's not something that, that we get on our own. It's not something of our own ability. But it's actually a gift from God. The word of knowledge is a gift from God. And it's supernaturally inspired by God. It's all supernatural. It's God-given. It's not man-made. It's not us. It's God-given. It, does, it has nothing to do with our education. It doesn't matter. God doesn't look at us and say, right, this person's got nine GCSEs. This person's got a few A-levels. This one's got a degree. Oh, now I can pour out the gift of uh, uh, the word of wisdom to them. They are able to minister. No, it's nothing to do with our own education. It doesn't matter how many years we've studied the Bible or how long we have followed Jesus. So what is the word of knowledge? Well, the word of knowledge is not natural knowledge but it is a divine knowledge. It is a miracle. It's the, it's the pouring out of God. It's God's spirit. Give, it's God giving us his knowledge. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain, uh, uh, of certain facts in the mind of God. In other words, it's part of God's knowledge. It's God revealing part of his knowledge to us by his spirit. And the word of knowledge, it isn't something that we, we can get over time. It's not something that we acquire over time, or it's not a gradual discovery of facts about God or about man, but actually it's a flash. It's like a revelation right there in that moment that God has given us by His Spirit. It comes in that moment by His Spirit. It surpasses all of the, all of our own senses. It's God's wisdom. To, it's God's knowledge to you and me. The word of knowledge is a revelation of a portion of God's knowledge that would, in other words, be possible. For us to know or to find out it's part of god's knowledge and we receive it and it's, we find something that god's dropped something into our hearts into our minds about us about a person about god about a situation that we never would have known about it's something we could never have come up with on our own no matter how good we are at reading people and reading situations it doesn't matter how perceptive we are of things this is a revelation from god's from god himself by his spirit and it comes in that moment as god empowers us as his, and it's as he wills i know the reason for the gift of knowledge god doesn't want to give us the gift of knowledge so that we could look good in our own strength or to so that we could boast and say look how spiritual i am be or watch out i know this about you or i know that about you that's not why god gives us the the gift of knowledge as with all the other gifts of the holy spirit they are given for the building up of the saints for encouragement 
for edification, to build somebody up. Somebody might be going through an awful situation, but all of a sudden, because you're walking with God and you're studying the word of God, God by your spirit and you're open to God, God would pour out and give you a word of knowledge for somebody who's right to go into a difficult situation and you might never have known it. They might be happy on the outside, they might be lifting their hands and you might never have known that anything was going wrong, but God knows. And all of a sudden, because you're open to the Lord, the Lord gives you a word of knowledge for somebody in a situation that speaks right into their situation and it's to build them up, it's to encourage them. It is God's word for that people. It's to bring comfort and also a word of knowledge is sometimes given for repentance as well to bring us back, to encourage us, not to point the finger and say, look, look at you, look how far you've fallen. It's actually to encourage people, get back to your first love, get back to the Lord, keep serving, keep pressing on. I know I thank God this morning that, that we're not just basing all of this on human experience or on our own experience or, or anything like that. We can actually find the word of knowledge in scripture. There are many examples within the word of God of when the word of knowledge was given to certain individuals in different situations. And we're going to look at a few this morning when different situations when the word of knowledge is given. First of all, the word of knowledge is given. There are examples of the word of knowledge being given to, to warn of the enemy's plans and deceptions. I thank God for that. We need that, don't we? To know when we need to be trusting the Lord and when the Lord might direct us and keep us from harm and protect us because that is the God we serve, the God who protects us and who's there for us. And there are examples of that when the word of knowledge is given to protect people from the enemy's plans and from destruction. An example of that is in 2, King, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 9 to 12. It says, the man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of, of passing that place because the Armenians are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on that place, on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of you is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who was in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. We see in this situation that Elisha Elisha gives this word of knowledge, warning the people of God not to go down to that place because they're gonna the, the enemy is there. And as a result of this word of knowledge, we see that this word of knowledge came and it actually saved a nation. It saved a nation. Second example in the word uh, of the word of knowledge being given is to enlighten and encourage a discouraged believer. I don't know about you, but I've had that once or twice in my life where the word of knowledge would come and Nobody knew that I was discouraged. Nobody knew I was feeling, uh, feeling a bit sorry for myself or, feel, or going through a difficult situation. But at that moment, I remember even Sharon did it once in a powerhouse situation, in powerhouse, and feeling really discouraged. And she came just with a word of knowledge and really encouraged me to keep going again, to keep trusting the Lord and knowing that God was still with me, that he had not left me or forsaken me. I know it brings so much comfort to us. And, and there are examples even in the word of God where a word of knowledge is given to encourage a discouraged believer. We see it in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 14 to 18. This is of Elijah, and he had just been up on Mount Carmel and done incredible things for God and, you know, totally uh, dis- uh, destroyed the, the prophets of Baal there. God had came and manifested himself. But straight after that, Elijah was discouraged, and he felt like he, he even felt like killing himself. He, he got to such a low place. But we see here a word of knowledge is given in 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 14 to 18 it says he replied 
I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I, I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. He felt like he was on his own. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, the son of Mishmi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, the, uh, from Abel, Meloa, to succeed you as a prophet. Jehua will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazel, and Il Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. You see, you're Elijah, he was discouraged. He thought he was on his own. The prophets of Baal had been destroyed, but he thought that, that many people were, were turning to Baal. But God tells him, go and anoint some more people. There's still some people who believe in me, who trust in me. You're not on your own. This word of knowledge came to encourage this discouraged believer. Number three, there are examples of the word of knowledge to reveal facts in private lives for spiritual correction. I know this is where they get a bit, sometimes it can get a bit scary, can it? Where, where God knows our hearts. You know, we say, well, God, he knows everything about us. It says it in Psalm 136, he knows when we sit and when we stand. He knows when we, he knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts, he knows our innermost thoughts. And sometimes a word of knowledge will come to, to warn us and, and to, to bring us back into correction, to bring us back into line. We see in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20, there was this hypocrite, this guy who was living another way. But yet a word of knowledge came to correct. It says in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20 to 27, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master was too easy on Naaman, this Armenian, by not accepting from him what was brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running towards him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? He asked. Everything is all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. By all means, take two talents in Naaman. He urged Gehazi to take, accept them and then tied up two talents in silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. He gave them two, uh, two, to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servants and put them away in the house. He sent the men away and they left. When he went in and stood before his master, Elisha, Elisha asked him, where have you been, Gehazi? Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this, time, is this the time to take money or to accept clothes or olive groves and vineyards or flocks and herds or male and female servants? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence and his skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. You see, even in this situation with this guy, Gehazi, he tried to trick Elisha, but God knew what was going on in this situation. And God spoke through Elisha and a word of knowledge was given to say, actually, I know what's happening in this situation. I know what's going on. And as a result of that, we see that God, uh, God brought this leprosy upon this guy. You know, I've got to say, there were some hard words this morning, some hard names this morning <laughs> from the Old Testament. It's been a joy to read, especially with uh, uh, this morning. But there's another example of a, of a word of knowledge given of a man who was hiding from the Lord. 
a man who was hiding from the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 22, it says, So they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, Yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. You know, we can't hide anything from our Father. He knows exactly where we are. He knows everything about us. We, you know, even with the story of Jonah, you know, he tried to run away from God. He thought he could hide from God. You know, even the psalmist says, where can I go from your presence? We can't escape from the presence of God. God knows everything about us. And we see in this situation, the word of knowledge was given to bring correction. And there was actually, in the, if you think that this is just in the Old Testament, that a word of knowledge was just given in the Old Testament, then it would be mistaken because a word of knowledge was given to bring correction even in the New Testament. And the most common example of this is in Acts chapter 5. And I'm sure we're familiar, familiar with this, with Ananias and Sapphira. We see that they tried to deceive even Peter. They were bringing corruption to the church. But something powerful happened. It says in Acts chapter 5, verse 3, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? And we see that he tried to deceive the Lord. He tried to lie against the Holy Spirit. And as a result, he was killed. You know, it's, it's quite a warning to us this morning. But we know that a word of knowledge was given to bring spiritual correction. And, you know, sometimes I believe we need a bit of that. I believe that's, that can be missing. You know, this, the church has become so lovey-dovey. Everything's okay. They to, the church tolerates so much stuff. But actually, we need the Spirit of God to bring us back in line sometimes, to correct us so that we might bring glory and honor to our God, that we might not bring, uh, be a bad testimony to the glory and honor of God and to what He has done in and number four, there are examples of the word of knowledge to help those who have a need. You know, thank God for that, that God knows our needs. He knows everything that we're going through. And a word of knowledge can be given to remind us, to bring comfort to those who have a need, and also to provide those who have a need. We see it in Acts chapter 9, verse 11. It says, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. We see in the situation when the apostle Paul left, he had just seen Jesus, he was blinded, but yet this guy came and he prayed for him. We see in this situation that this guy, Paul had a need, but God answered, God ministered. Maybe you've come here this morning and you have a need. Maybe you feel that nobody else knows about this need, but God will. And just, you know, let's pray this morning that God would use us in that way to encourage people and to, to even be, the, the, to be an answer to prayer for somebody, to bring encouragement to them, to help them in their need. Number five, there are examples of the word of knowledge to convince unbelievers of the need of a savior. You know, sometimes we feel, don't we, that we need to witness and we need to share about Jesus and we do it. But so often we do it in our own strength. I don't know about you, but I try so often, you know, and I do it in my own strength, but I fail so often. But, you know, thank God that God hasn't left us on our own to, to, to do this on our own strength. That he has sent his Holy Spirit to empower us to be witnesses. And that, you know, this morning that God can give you a word to somebody who doesn't even know Jesus to encourage them to, to come to know the Lord. God can use you in that way. We see an example of that. The greatest example of all, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave a word of knowledge to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, verse 18 to 19 and verse 29. It says, verse 18 to 19, the fact is you have five, you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you were a prophet. And then verse 29, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? We see Jesus here. He used the word of knowledge to reveal this woman's life. 
just reveal what was going on in this woman's life. But it, as a result of this, this woman came to know him and, and stayed there. She went to go and tell a whole town about who Jesus was, what, what he had just spoken into her life. And there was a revival in that community as a result of that. God can use us. He can give us a word of knowledge, even for unbelievers. And you know, I pray for that. that I know God's help and God's strength to speak to the right people and that God will give me a word. And you know, God could do more in and through us in a second than we could ever achieve in our own strength in our life. You know, let's be open to that, to, for the Lord to use us and gift us and pour his gifts into us for the building up of people so that people might come to know him as Lord and Savior. Just one more for us this morning. There are examples, the word of knowledge, to know people's thoughts. As I said, well, we, God knows our thoughts. Not only does he know what we do and everything about, he knows our thoughts as well. He knows our, everything that goes on within us as well. He knows our thoughts. And it says in John chapter 2, verse 24, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. And you know, God might give us that word of knowledge to encourage somebody. Maybe, as I said, maybe somebody is going through something. And it's in their thoughts, maybe, you know, it's never been spoken out loud, but God could give us a word for that person in that situation to encourage them, to help them, to guide them, to bring correction in that situation. And so there are some examples in the word of God about how the word of knowledge is given, some examples of the word of knowledge. And you might say this morning, that's fantastic, but, but how do we receive the word of knowledge then? How can we receive it? You know, because you might hear this and you might say, yeah, I want to be used in this way, but how can we receive it? Well, we can receive a word of knowledge, first and foremost, as we read the word of God. God could reveal something to us, part of his knowledge, and just speaks into not only our situation, but maybe somebody else's situation. As we're reading, there might be a verse that just all of a sudden pops off the page that we know that we have to give to somebody who might be going through a situation. So a word of knowledge can come through the word. It can come, obviously, by an impression of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can drop something into our hearts that we never thought of, that we never even knew. You know, God has even used me in that way, even with Karen and Michelle's situations. I had no idea what was going on in their situation. I never spoke to them about it. They never told me anything that was going on in their situation. But as I opened up myself to the Lord, as I was just praying, in that powerhouse prayer meeting, God dropped it into my heart that they were praying for a child and that God was going to do it. I didn't know. I didn't have any clue. But God is able to do it. And he can come by his Holy Spirit. And you know, I was afraid. I was afraid to step out and share that. That's a big thing, isn't it? You know, if, if you get that wrong, that's quite, quite something to get wrong, that is. But, you know, I thought, God, I believe that you've dropped this into my heart, so I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to share this. And, you know, it, I thank God that it was. Like, and, you know, we thank God for the miracle of that. But God can give us a word of knowledge by his spirit, just an impression of our hearts as we are. But it comes in first and foremost, as I said, we've got to know him as our savior. You know, we've got to be open to him and God will begin to reveal his knowledge. As I said, it comes with an impression, an inner voice. It might come through a dream. As we see in the Bible, God is able to drop things into dreams, supernatural dreams. I haven't had one of those. You know, I pray I, I would like to have one of those. I'm sure many of us would. But, but God is able to do that through a vision. Or it could just be through, through a thought. You know, but God could give a word of knowledge in all these ways. But the key is in all these things, if we want to be used in all of these gifts, it's just to open up ourselves to the Lord and to seek the Lord, seek the Lord, ask him. And as he chooses, God is able to pour in what he chooses for his will and it's for his glory. Now this morning, as we come to a conclusion, you might be wondering, what do you do if you receive a word of knowledge? What are you supposed to do with that? How are you supposed to handle that situation? Well, first and foremost, we must realize we're not to embarrass people publicly, especially if it's, a, it's something God's got in your heart to correct people. Don't embarrass people publicly. 
God is not a God who brings shame on anybody. God is a God who will set us free from all shame and all guilt. He doesn't want us bound by that or to be embarrassed. But if you have got a word of knowledge for somebody, then just take somebody to the side and just speak into them. You don't have to brag it. You don't have to post it on Facebook. Nothing like that. Just bring it in love. In love, bring it to that person and pray to them what God's laid on your heart. You know, God isn't a blabbermouth. I put that down in my notes this morning and I think you, you know, it's a reminder for us. God isn't a blabbermouth. He doesn't want to just post it everywhere for everybody to know. God isn't into gossip. We don't serve a gossiping God. Our God is a God who cares for us and loves us. And we, and we need to remember that. So if we have a word of knowledge for somebody, then just blabber it everywhere. Just go take that person aside in love. Or even, you know, maybe if you don't know somebody, just pour it out, you know, and as God uses you, just begin to speak those words that God has given you. You know, sometimes a word of knowledge is given just simply so that we can pray for somebody. Sometimes God might not want us to, to share it, but maybe it's something that God just reveals to us so that we could just pray for somebody. You know, there's nothing greater that we can do as believers than pray and call upon God for other, each other. We encourage one another to pray for one another. You know, we need to pray for one another. In this time, you know, we've, we've got a very real enemy and we need to pray for one another to cover each other in prayer. So sometimes a word of knowledge is given so that we can just pray for others. But ultimately, in all these things, and you might receive this word of knowledge, ultimately, you need to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with this revelation? Pray. First, before sharing it, before doing anything with it, pray and say, God, how do you want me to, to share this? What do you want me to do with this word that you've given me? What do you want me to do with it? Maybe if you're still a bit unsure with different things and you're not sure, test it against scripture. Is it scriptural? Is it, is it in line with God's word? Is it in agreement with God's heart? And always remember that a word of knowledge is given and all the gifts are given, not to pull down people, but it's always to bring edification to the church, to build up people, to bring encouragement and strength to the body of Christ. And so next time we, we're going to look at the gifts of, of discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits, that's going to be an interesting one. I'm already studying for that, it's an interesting topic, but the gift of discerning of spirits, and we need that even today, especially uh, if we want to mature in the things of God. We need this. But my prayer this morning as we do come to a conclusion is that, that we can finish off, Lord. If we haven't already, I'd encourage you to seek the Lord now and ask him to use you in these gifts. And if you are praying, if you are believing, ask him, just keep praying. Keep calling upon him. Say, God, will you pour out your gifts into my life? Not for my glory, for your glory, for the building up of your church, for the encouraging of the saints. That's what we want. And it's, as I said, it's all for God's glory. Amen. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you that, that you have not left us on our own, Lord, but that you have sent your Holy Spirit to us, Lord. Lord, to, to, to convict us of sin, to, to assure us that now we belong to you, Lord, that, that we are saved, but Lord, also to empower us to be witnesses for you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that, that as a church, Lord Jesus, we, we do not have to rely on our own strength, but you have sent your strength, your Holy Spirit, to strengthen us to build us up, to lead us, to guide us into your will and to your glory. And so, Lord, I pray for us as a church, Lord. Pray for my own heart. Lord, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? Would you fill us with your spirit? And Lord, would you pour out your gifts in us again, Lord? Lord, not so that gateway would be lifted up or that I would be lifted up, Lord, but that you would be glorified, Jesus, and that would, the church would be strengthened and the, the church would march on into all that you have for us, Lord. Lord, so we ask you once again, would you pour out your gifts upon us? And Lord, even the gift of knowledge as we've heard this morning, Lord, would you pour your gift of knowledge and your gift of wisdom into us, Lord? 
so that we might build each other up and you would be glorified. Lord, we thank you and ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a great time in God's presence this morning. It's great to come together and to worship the Lord. And just some announcements for us this morning before we stand and we take up our tithes and offerings. New month, new newsletter. Uh, all the different ministries that, that have been closed during half term are back on as usual. Kids are on, uh, talks are on, uh, is prayer, meet, prayer meetings back on this week. Uh, we've got youths back on this week. Uh, and also just a, a notice for us, and that is on Tuesday, there's no connect groups because we have reconnect. There's reconnect on Tuesday where we all come together, every single one of us, all connect groups. So all those who even aren't in a connect group, come along on Tuesday night between 7 and 8. We're going to pray going to be encouraged together it's going to be a great time together so that's tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m uh, just another announcement for this for us this morning as we viewed and as we know we, we were so sad to hear the the passing of les th this week and you know as i said we continue to pray for marilyn you know and you know it's remarkable your strength and your trust in god this morning we thank god for that but uh, you and the family will continue to know god's strength in the days and the weeks to come and his funeral will be on uh, Leslie's funeral will be on 10th on Monday the 10th of June, not this, not tomorrow, the following Monday, and it will be in St. Margaret's Church in uh, Mountain Ash, and it will be at quarter past one, the service will be at quarter past one, and then at quarter past two, we'll be up in the crematorium at St. Luke's. So all of us who can be there, let's support. You know, the Bible says when one of us hurts, we all hurt, and you know, we need to, let's get around Marilyn this morning, let's encourage her, let's keep praying for her and for all the family during this time, that they would know God's strength and his peace and his help. Amen. Just a, another further announcement for us, and that is on Sunday, the 16th of June, is Father's Day as well. So we'll be having a, a Father's Day services. But that's all the main announcements for us this morning. So shall we stand together now? We're going to take up our tithes and offerings, and we're going to worship the Lord before us. Amen.
Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.